Late last week, we reported that gas prices had hit a whopping $3.73 per gallon on average. Man, those were the good old days. You remember those wonderful old days? Now, gas is up to $4.17 per gallon. That's a 44 cent jump from last week and a 61 cent spike from a month ago. One year ago today, after only a month and a half of Joe Biden wreaking havoc on the economy, gas averaged just $2.76 per gallon nationally. Now it's hit an all-time high. So what is Joe Biden going to do to fix it? You guessed it, absolutely nothing. It's going to go up. Can't do much right now. Russia's responsible. Can't do much. It's Putin's fault. Everything's Putin's fault. The buck stops with Putin. Except gas prices were already spiking under Joe Biden well before Putin invaded Ukraine. Gas has been going up consistently since just after Joe Biden was sworn into office. But according to Biden, that is purely a coincidence. It has nothing to do with his energy policies. Look, let me be clear about uh, two other points. First, it's simply not true that my administration or policies are holding back domestic energy production. That's simply not true. It's simply not true, okay? It's simply not true that Biden canceled the Keystone XL pipeline on his first day in office. It's simply not true that Biden re-entered the anti-fossil fuel Paris agreement on his first day in office. It's simply not true that Biden suspended all new federal gas and oil leases five days after he was sworn into office. It's simply not true that Biden just a couple weeks ago indefinitely froze decisions about new federal oil and gas drilling. It's simply not true, even though I distinctly remember all of those things happening. So either my memory is failing me and all those news reports about all those well-known policy decisions are an illusion, or... Joe Biden is lying again and gaslighting us all again, trying to distract from his uninterrupted record of failure by claiming that Putin ate his homework. Who are you going to believe, Joe Biden or your own lying eyes? I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday from Cool Papa J Magic. That guy always has the best comments. That guy's appeared on this show in the my favorite comment section probably a dozen times at this point. Uh, he writes, I'm just so tired of the lies. Good news is gaslighting is about to get a lot more expensive. You are so right. It is. <laughs> Everything is getting more expensive necessarily because of one, because when fuel costs go up, all the costs go up. And also Joe Biden's economy has just seen record inflation. The one good that does not need to go up in price if you don't want it to, meat if you're buying it from good ranchers. Right now, go to goodranchers.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S for my favorite meat. One area that we have seen inflation really spike recently is in the grocery store. I'm sure that you've seen it. It feels like prices have doubled except while prices have doubled in the grocery store, good ranchers prices have stayed low and affordable. What's really amazing too. So you can just buy one-off boxes of meat from good ranchers and I would recommend it. You can get really great stuff, try out lots of different stuff. But if you subscribe, which is 
in my view, the better way to do it. You don't even have to think about it again. You just get that wonderful meat delivered reliably. If you subscribe, your price never goes up. So you've got insane inflation everywhere in the country. And yet your best price for meat is locked in for life. 85% of the grass-fed beef that you get in the United States, it's not really from the United States. It's imported from overseas. You're not getting that low-quality stuff. Instead, get that good, high-quality American meat and lock in your price for life. Get a $30 discount on top of all that right now on prime steaks and better than organic chicken. Go to goodranchers.com slash Knowles to save on the quality you've been looking for. Good Ranchers takes the guesswork out of the grocery store by sourcing everything from local farms and shipping it to your door. Use code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. Enjoy your box of 100% American meat, $30 in savings. On top of that, order now to combat inflation with Good Ranchers American meat delivered. So Putin did everything. Everything that has happened that's bad under Joe Biden, it's all Putin's fault. Even stuff that happened before Putin invaded Ukraine, it, it's Putin, forget about it. What can I do? Nothing. It's Putin. Go talk to Putin. Putin, Putin ate my homework. That is Joe Biden's story and he's sticking to it. Now, some of the members of his cabinet, they realize that you just, you can't blame every bad thing in the world on Vladimir Putin. So some people are offering a different answer. If you're worried about gas prices going up, Pete Buttigieg has a simple solution for you. Uh, just buy a Tesla. Clean transportation can bring significant cost savings for the American people as well. Last month, we announced a $5 billion investment to build out a nationwide electric vehicle charging network so the people from rural to suburban to urban communities can all benefit from the gas savings of driving an EV. There are wonderful gas savings, guys. Plus, pretty soon the cars are going to be self-driving and they've got that cool iMac screen right in front of you and it's great. And when you, when you drive up to uh, fun uh, parties with all of your wealthy friends, uh, you can compare. Do I have the Model S? Ugh. Oh, you have the Model X? That's, a lot That's the answer, right? To middle class families who are struggling to decide, do I fill up the gas tank or do I buy clothes for my children? We played a woman in Michigan just a few days ago who said now when she buys clothes for her children, she's got to decide what is she going to prioritize. Well, it's very simple. You just buy a Tesla, right? So tone deaf. This is the problem with Pete. Pete's a pretty good politician in the sense that he went from total obscurity. He was the mayor of a very small town in Indiana to a cabinet secretary. So he's, he's a very good political careerist, but he's not great in terms of connecting with people. The only election he's ever won is from his very small town. So when, when he says these things, you see a lot of, of his, his privilege, for lack of a better word, coming out. This is a guy who spent his whole life in a university bubble. That's where he grew up because his dad was a very well-known Marxist scholar, actually. <laughs> his dad is one of the best-known scholars of the father of what's called cultural Marxism, Antonio Gramsci. So he grew up in that sort of ivory tower setting, and then he went off to Harvard, and then he went off to McKinsey, right? So he's been in, he says, what, what's, what's wrong with you? Just go buy a Tesla. Then you don't need to worry about gas prices at all. It's not just Pete Buttigieg. Stephen Colbert making the very same point. Russia has been hit with a series of crippling sanctions, and it looks like there's more to come because the U.S. and its European allies are now discussing banning imports of Russian oil. Take that, Putin. We're not going to buy our gas from a war criminal. We're going to buy it from the good guys, Saudi Arabia. <laughs> but it's going to cost. 
Since the invasion, oil prices have skyrocketed. Today, the average gas price in America hit an all-time record high of over $4 per gallon. Okay, that stings, but a clean conscience is worth a buck or two. I'm willing to pay. It's important. It's important. I'm willing to pay $4 a gallon. Hell, I'll pay $15 a gallon because I drive a Tesla. This is such a telling joke. In every joke, there is a little element of truth. And here I think there's a big element of truth. The joke is, I don't care what gas prices are. You know, gas prices, if they go up, it just shows that I care about freedom in Ukraine, that I'm sticking it to Vladimir Putin. I don't care if they go up to $100 a gallon because it doesn't affect me because I don't even put gas in my car. Yeah, and so that's, that's the joke, except that's the reality too. There's something else really interesting about this clip. As a result of, of our ban on Russian oil, America is now looking to increase oil supplies from Saudi Arabia, sure, but also Iran and Venezuela. And in the joke here, Colbert says, oh, wow, we're going from one really bad guy to another really bad guy. And the other bad guy he points to is Saudi Arabia which is actually an ally of the United States. He doesn't say, oh great, we're going from Russian oil to Iran because the libs love Iran. Even though Iran is the largest state sponsor of terror in the world, the libs are super into Iran. They were pushing for a ridiculous Iran deal that would have given Iran a nuclear weapon. They're pushing for that again. Venezuela, they love the socialist government in Venezuela. They've been talking up the socialist government in Venezuela for 20 years now. They've been talking it up since the days of Hugo Chavez. They still like this guy, Nicolas Maduro, a socialist dictator down there. So he won't even make that joke. He won't even make the joke, oh, now we've got to deal with socialist dictators or the crazy Ayatollah and the Mullahs who are funding terror around the world. No, because they like those guys too much. So they only go after Saudi Arabia. But then he comes to his point. He says, look, I don't care if it's $15 a gallon because I drive a Tesla. And what you're seeing here, it, even in this little joke, is the perversion of our system of law from a care for the common good into a care purely for self-interest. What is the law? Seems like a simple question, and yet I bet a lot of people cannot answer it. There, uh, Thomas Aquinas gives a very simple definition of what the law is. The law is an ordinance of reason for the common good, made by him who has care of the community and promulgated. That's it. Very simple. An ordinance of reason for the common good of the whole community. Law is not just how to benefit some people at the expense of other people in the community. It's actually for the common good made by the person who has charge of the care of the community, the authority who has care of the community, and then promulgated, declared publicly and followed by all. But that's not how the libs view law anymore. The way the libs view law is that there's one set of rules for them and another set of rules for everyone else. The way the libs view the law is that the law is a, a way to gain the advantage for certain interest groups. And, and this is not me denigrating the left. This is how they openly speak of the law, that, that the law and politics is not a matter of civilized reason debate where we persuade our fellow citizens of what is good for all of us. The, the true common good, not just the 
amalgamation of all of our individual interests lumped together, but the actual common good that serves everyone that leads to a, a flourishing republic. What is a republic? It means the things we all hold in common. No, they don't view it that way. They say, well, the law is a way for this marginalized group to finally stick it to that other marginalized group. They view it as sort of the opposite of a common good. Yeah, raise those gas prices. It's good. That'll stick it to those rube idiot conservatives who are polluting our environment and it won't affect me because I've got my Tesla. Yeah, let's shut down the economy and shut down all of the stores for not just months, but years at a time because I've got my laptop lifestyle. It doesn't matter. I can just do work in my nice apartment in New York. And oh, the working class, the blue collar worker who can't get his paycheck anymore. Well, too bad. Whoopsie daisy. That'll show him. Maybe he should be a little bit more like me. Two views of the law. One, not so great. A lot of downsides to that view of law and politics and community. When you want an upside, I would strongly recommend you go check out GetUpside. Gas has just hit an all-time high. If you do not download the free GetUpside app right now and get cash back every time you fill up your tank, I don't know what to do with you. I can't talk to you. You are not open to reason and logic, okay? Just download the free GetUpside app today. Use promo code Knowles. You will get 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up cash back. By the way, it's not just at the gas pump anymore. You'll also get up to 30% cash back at grocery stores, at restaurants, food delivery as well. There's no catch here, just cash back. It's very simple. The cash back gets sent to your bank account, to your PayPal if you prefer, to an Amazon gift card. It's very easy to get the cash back. It's free. You just download the free Get Upside app. Use promo code Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. Use that code right now, Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, that is K-N-O-W-L-E-S. Speaking of the law and the common good, we've got an update from criminal justice reform. You know, I try to do this at least once a week. Sometimes I've got to do it every single day. This is an update from all the, the wonderful, compassionate, criminal justice reform that that helps those poor oppressed criminals get out of jail and get back on the street. And what are they doing? Oh, they're assaulting people all the time. Headline from the Daily Wire, career New York City criminal assaults two people in a week, walks free because of New York's lax bail reform laws. So there's a guy. This guy has 20 arrests since 1999. This week, he was arrested just this past week, he was, arre- he was arrested and released twice to, for two separate assaults, thanks to New York's wonderful criminal justice reform laws. 37-year-old dude uh, was arrested after allegedly assaulting a woman on the New York subway in late February. Uh, the surveillance video from the Bronx shows this guy walk up to a woman with a plastic bag in his hand. Then without saying a word, he smashed the contents of the bag, which apparently was his own feces, uh, into her face, then smeared it on the back of her head and then ran away. Uh, Why did he do this? Well, because he went up and made a pass at her. I guess he was sort of sexually assaulting her and then she was not interested in him. So he went into the car, defecated, came back, smeared it on her face. Now call me old fashioned, but I think that when fellas do that sort of thing, they ought to go to jail and stay in jail and not be released 
immediately. I guess I'm just an old knuckle-dragging conservative because all the, the bail reform, abolish prisons, defund the police crowd, they believe that it's a good thing to have more people on the street rubbing bags of their own fecal matter into the faces of innocent bystanders. He was arrested at a homeless shelter on Monday where he joked about the incident. He was asked about it. Were you responsible for this? He said, and he said to the cops, S-H-I-T happens. Ha ha. This is an S-H-I-T-T-Y situation. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. So by the way, he's not just completely crazy. Sometimes one of the causes of, of homelessness, especially in New York, but really everywhere, is mental illness. So some of these guys, they're doing things, they have no idea what they're doing. They're just totally out of their minds. This guy's not totally out of his mind. He's aware of it. He's making puns about the situation. Ha 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 ha. Then during his arraignment, he said he was being mistreated by the system, shouted insults at the judge, and then he was freed without bail. Because that's the way New York operates now, because of that bail reform law. He also, by the way, he had been uh, arrested uh, a, a little further back because he was walking around Crown Heights, chasing down Jews, screaming, effing Jews, I'm going to kill you. Then he spat on a guy's chest, tried to punch him, missed, ran away. He, he does this all the time. He's a career criminal. That's, that is what criminal justice reform is. That is what bail reform is. That is what, when we talk about over-incarceration, that's exactly what we're talking about. And the libs and the squishes, I'm sorry to say. And by the way, even some re relatively conservative Republicans, for goodness sakes, even Trump, during the Trump administration, Trump took up this cause of criminal justice reform, over-incarceration. We're going to let, we're going to let the criminals out of, out of jail. That's not our problem. Our problem is not that we have too many criminals in jail. Our, our problem is that we have far too few criminals in jail and women are being sexually harassed and having feces rubbed on their face because of it. And then even after that happens, the criminals get off the hook, they're released, and you know what they're going to do? They're going to do it again right away. This is one of those issues where somehow the ruling class is living on a completely different planet. The vast majority of people in both parties think that there is too much crime and we need to get tougher on crime. And yet the politicians, mostly Democrats, but some Republicans too, they say, ah, oh, you know what, you know what our problem is? We don't have enough crime. Let's let those criminals back on the street. The Democrats are waking up to this. They realize that we've got midterm elections coming up. This is not playing very well in Peoria. And so they are trying to run away from the fact that they have supported defunding the police, abolishing the police for years now. You're hearing this from top Democrats in Congress, top Democrats in party leadership. They are saying, look, these Republicans, they're lying. This is fake news. They're spreading misinformation. We do not support defunding the police. We've never supported defunding the police. Oh yeah? Roll the tape. Progressives on Capitol Hill are echoing the chants heard from protesters on streets in major cities around the country. Congresswoman Elon Omar, whose district includes Minneapolis, has called the police there rotten to the root, saying the department shouldn't just be defunded, it should be dismantled. We mean ending this department as it currently exists. I am for defunding the police. Some city officials calling for police departments across the U.S. to be defunded. Proceeded to leave tweeting, 
No more policing, incarceration, and militarization. It can't be reformed. What we've seen in Los Angeles, Mayor Eric Garcetti saying, take some of the money from policing, about $150 million, invest it in health initiatives, training initiatives for youth. I applaud Eric Garcetti for doing what he's done. Painted in huge block letters on city streets from Washington to Wisconsin. Some who support the idea want to strip all police funding and dissolve entire departments. Uh, there's some issues that we ask police to do, like mental health issues or policing in schools and all the rest, that perhaps we can uh, shuffle some of that money around. We don't want no more police. But we need to completely dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. Yes, I support the defund movement. So it's not just some no-name, wacky, eccentric, liberal columnist. It's not even some backbencher, liberal, Democrat members of Congress. It's not even just the squad, although you just heard, uh, I think the entire squad there. I'm not, I don't, I didn't hear if Rashida Tlaib was in that clip. She's called for this too, though. Rashida Tlaib actually called for the complete dismantling of the entire federal prison system. Just gone. No more federal prisons whatsoever. But, but it's not even just them. It's not even just AOC and Tlaib and Ayanna Presley and Ilhan Omar. It's Nancy Pelosi. It's Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States. These people all called to, to varying degrees for defunding the police. And now we've got a massive crime spike going around and they are running away. They are trying to gaslight you. They're saying, no, this had nothing to do with us. La la la, fake news. This is just Republicans lying. It's not. We've got the tape. We've got the tape. Don't let them call you a conspiracy theorist for quoting their own words, because that's what they're doing. Mike Anton, the uh, political philosopher and writer, made this point the other day. He said, right now, it's not just that the, the Democrats are not letting us point out things that they are doing. It's that the Democrats do a thing, and then they tell us that they're doing the thing. And then they tell us that we're not allowed to say that they're doing that thing. They're even telling, they're putting it out on, on camera, on video, in print. They're saying defund the police means defund the police. What are you talking about? I never said defund the police. Don't you say it. If you say that I said that, you're going to be censored. You're going to be suppressed on social media. You're going to be spreading fake news. It's a conspiracy theory. Now, speaking of conspiracy theories, you know, we have pointed out on this show, especially during this COVID era, that the difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth is about six to 12 months. It's a lot faster than that now. I think we're looking more like six to 12 days. We might be looking at six to 12 hours. There was a conspiracy theory the other day. And someone brought this up to me and I thought, what, what are you talking? I haven't even heard of this. This conspiracy theory said the U.S. has funded biolabs in Ukraine. And these bio labs may have played, be playing some role in the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So I, I said, oh, I haven't even heard of this. I Google it. I and immediately Snopes fact checker, fake news. This is totally fake news. Ignore this. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Okay. Then just yesterday, I see a headline. Chinese propaganda pushes false, crazy conspiracy theory about U.S. funded biolabs in Ukraine. And then just hours later, the Undersecretary of State for Political Affairs, Victoria Newland, testifies before the Senate and says, well, actually, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe we've got those biolabs. You're right. Ukraine has a 
biological research facilities, which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to uh, gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of uh, Russian forces should they approach. So we might have some, yeah, I don't want to say bio labs, biological uh, edifices of research. Um, and we really don't want the Russians to get them. Well, hold on. So now what the government, what the U.S. government is admitting is, yes, okay, we've been funding these labs and they're for biological research, but it's only to stop diseases. This was the Fauci excuse. No, we're not, we're not doing any gain of function research. We're not making new diseases. We're just, we're just, we're not, certainly not doing bioweapons. We're just sort of, you know, we're trying to stop disease. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then why are you so worried about it falling into Russian hands? If these are just purely, totally above board <laughs> biological research facilities, then what's the big deal if the Russians get their hands on them? Because maybe there's a little bit more going on at these labs. Maybe just like with Fauci, just like with Wuhan, we're not doing any gain of function research. We're not, we have no connection to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. We have not in any way funded, oh, whoopsie daisy, we totally did. We funded gain of function at the Wuhan Institute. Uh, never mind, look over there. Pay no attention to the man behind the green curtain. Guys, we're a little over 24 hours away from the premiere of our next big hit, The Hyperions. The film is exactly what entertainment in Hollywood is missing these days. It's not woke. It has zero agenda. It could not care less about your pronouns. When it comes to entertainment, just having fun is really what matters. Check out this trailer. Good day, Hyperion Club members. We've come for one thing. Our Titan badges. This Titan badge can grant an individual superhuman power. Perhaps it's time for someone else to take on the responsibility. On my way. She's trying to destroy me. You got to check out the movie. I absolutely love it. I watched it on Saturday. This is a terrific movie. We're going to be streaming this film once on March 10th, and that's it. We're going to be streaming it for everyone to see on YouTube. So be sure to head on over to the Daily Wire YouTube channel. Set a reminder for the live showing. After that, you've got to be a member to get in on the action. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe so you don't miss any more of the growing cache of content we have to offer. We'll be right back with a lot more. Welcome back to the show. Conspiracy theory. Yesterday morning, there was a conspiracy theory that the United States has funded biolabs in Ukraine, and this has something to do with the war going on right now. That was a crazy, radical Russian propaganda, Chinese propaganda, terrible conspiracy theory. And then the Undersecretary of State admitted that it's true in testimony before the U.S. Senate. So what are these labs? There's three theories here. The Russians say these labs are working on biological weapons and that there are lots of these labs throughout former Soviet territory. And so it's in the national security interest of the Russian Federation to go in and take control of these labs. China 
says that the United States has not only a handful of labs in Ukraine, they've actually got 336 bio labs that they're funding in 36 different countries. And the United States says, okay, sure. So maybe we've provided some funding to these labs in Ukraine, but they're not working on bioweapons at all. They're merely working to destroy potential pathogens. Who do I believe here? I don't believe the United States. <laughs> I, hate, I hate that. I wish I could believe the official lines of my own country, but I can't because they lied to us about this exact same issue in Wuhan, China. They lied to us about this exact same issue with regard to gain-of-function research. So the U.S. has absolutely no credibility on this issue. I don't believe them. Are, do we have 336 biolabs in 36 countries? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we do. Maybe we don't. I, I don't think the Chinese have our best interests at heart. I don't think they're the most honest people. But still, maybe they're telling the truth. The Russians say we're working on biological weapons, and there are a lot of these. There's some in Georgia and other parts of ex-Soviet territory. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't know who to believe. I really don't believe any of these players, and I'm not sure who is closest to the truth. The big takeaway, though, this is, this is the biggest takeaway of all, is that this war just got a lot more dangerous. Or rather, I suppose the war has always been this dangerous, and the public only now found out about it. Not only are we talking about the first major war between civilized countries in my lifetime, not only are we talking about a former superpower with nuclear weapons threatening to use those weapons, now we've got biological weapons entering into the chat. Because when the United States says, oh, this is nothing, it's totally wholesome, it's above board, we're just killing pathogens. Well, if that were the case, I don't think we would be so worried about these labs falling into Russian hands. I think probably the State Department is worried because they know that there is some weird stuff going on at these labs and they don't want incriminating evidence or potential weapons falling into the hands of the Russians. Regardless of who's telling the truth, regardless of what's actually going on at these labs, this war is even more dangerous than people previously realized. Speaking of conspiracy theories in our public health system, you know that the vaccines, the COVID vaccines, are one not 100% safe. They are 1,000% safe. If you even raise the prospect of there possibly being the slight chance that you get a vaccine injury from these vaccines, you're a crazy anti-vaxxer, tinfoil hat, rube idiot conspiracy theorist. And that is why the Department of Health and Human Services is encouraging people to enroll in their after-vaccine health checker. They want to check up on your health after you get the vaccines because of how totally 100% safe the vaccines are, right? That they just, they want affirmation. They just, all they want is they, they message you. They say, hey, you're, you're feeling okay. Are you, have you collapsed or anything? Is your heart three times its size? Like, like the Grinch, you know, on Christmas or no, no, good, good. I'm glad we've been affirmed in our claims. What does HHS say? Well, the assistant secretary uh, for health, who is a fella who thinks he's a gal by the name of Dr. Robert Levine, says, after getting your COVID-19 booster shot, be sure to use VSAFE to get your personalized and confidential text message check-ins about how you feel. But of course you feel great because of how totally safe the vaccines are. So I, this is just really, 
Just a little redundant, isn't it? This information helps the CDC monitor the safety of COVID-19 vaccines in near real time, says the CDC. I don't know why they have to monitor it though, because it's so totally safe. During the first week after each vaccination, vSafe will send you a text message each day to ask how you're feeling. After that, you will receive occasional health check-ins. Depending on your answers, someone from the CDC may call to get more information. Your personal information in vSafe is protected, so it's safe and private. You can opt out anytime. I guess the only reason why you wouldn't be able to respond to these text message check-ins is uh, if you had a blood clot or your heart swelled up and exploded or you got a nerve, nerve damage. None of which happened, by the way, because of how totally safe <laughs> these vaccines are. So obviously, HHS is admitting here that, well, they're not 100% safe. Okay, They may be very safe, but it's not 100%, and they're clearly a little bit worried, and they want to collect these data. And you know they're never going to release these data. They're going to try to suppress these data as long as they possibly can. But they want to know what's going on. And they're going to monitor it, and, and they'll tell you just as much truth is they think that you can hear while still doing what they want. They'll, yeah, sure, they'll, they'll give you a little bit of information, but only the information that will still impel you to do what they want. These people who have no more credibility. Information is power here. We are living in the information age. This is the age of the internet. This has been true long before the internet, actually. With the rise of the modern state, you see the rise of the social sciences to provide statistics, which comes from the word statist, statistics to feed that modern state because information is power. And so our government, our administrative agencies are taking all those information in and even in their very collection of it, they are tacitly acknowledging that they lied to us about safety, potentially about efficacy, but they're not, they're not even going to tell us that. This might be why the Florida Surgeon General, it, jo- Dr. Joseph Ladapo, is now recommending that children not get the COVID vaccine. Ladapo said, the Florida Department of Health is going to be the first state to officially recommend against the COVID-19 vaccines for healthy children. This makes sense. The children face a very low risk of hospitalization or death from COVID. The vaccines are an experimental drug. That's just by definition. They're very recently created drugs. There's no really long-term studies on their effects. And so he says, you know, for these kids who don't face a real risk of it, just uh, avoid the vaccines. The White House is furious. Florida Surgeon General says that healthy children shouldn't get the COVID vaccine. Is that a good policy? Uh, Absolutely not. Uh, Let me just note that we know the science. Uh, We know the data uh, and what works um, and what is the most what the most effective steps are in protecting people of a range of ages from uh, hospitalization and even death. The FDA and CDC have already weighed in and the safety uh, on the safety and efficacy of COVID-19 vaccines for those five and older. The recommendations are vetted transparently through a process for, uh, with a purpose so that parents can have confidence after consulting with their pediatricians or doctors if they would like about the safety. 
But we also know through the data that unvaccinated teenagers are three times as likely to, the, to be hospitalized if they get COVID mm -hmm. than vaccinated teenagers. So it's deeply disturbing that there are politicians peddling conspiracy theories out there and casting doubt on vaccinations when it is our best tool against the virus and the best tool to prevent even teenagers from being hospitalized. This, this Surgeon General, Dr. Joseph Ladapo, he's just a conspiracy theorist politician. Unlike Dr. Fauci, who has actually spread conspiracy theories and who has worked for the government and gotten the highest federal salary for 40 years. No, he's not a politician. How dare you accuse Dr. Fauci of being a politician? He's just a good old-fashioned scientist who pursues the truth. He represents science itself. He, he, that man is the incarnation of science. But this doctor, who's got a way better record than Dr. Fauci ever does, this doctor in Florida, he is a crazy conspiracy theorist politician. He should wear that as a badge of honor because these days, conspiracy theorist is probably the, the most honorable title you could be given. It means that, <laughs> that you're about to be proven completely correct in about, I don't know, five or six hours now. Notice too, the way she twists his words. Dr. Ladapo says that he's recommending against the COVID vaccine for healthy kids. And then Jen Psaki, using some statistics that may or may not be true, I don't know, but let's just say they are true. She says teenagers who are vaccinated face a much lower risk of hospitalization. But Dr. Ladapo didn't say all teenagers. Whenever there have, there have been relatively few teenage deaths from COVID-19, and whenever there is a teenage death, you see major headlines everywhere as part of the liberal establishment's push to get us all to take the Fauci ouchie. And they say, healthy teenager, healthy teenager, healthy child dies of COVID-19. And inevitably, you look into the so-called healthy young person. And the healthy young person is 400 pounds and has five comorbidities and has like six kinds of diabetes. I don't mean to make a joke about this, but I'm pointing out the ab absolute dishonesty that the, the liberal establishment is pushing on us here. And, and to, in order to convince actual healthy young people to get a vaccine that it is probably not in their interest to get, at least according to the Surgeon General of Florida and according to a lot of other people who have a way better record than Dr. Fauci and the liberal establishment. Speaking of ways to harm your children, if uh, your kids got some free time coming up this summer, there is a new summer camp that your child can go to. Chris Rufo, the, the CRT guy, has just uh, found this little gem it's a, it's a camp for your child to learn about sex ed. And that's good. We, we've all been told you need comprehensive sex ed health education. That's just responsible. That's just following the science. There's nothing radical about that. It's just the right responsible thing to do. It's called sexy sex ed. It is uh, a quote, a workshop series that compels teenagers and people of all ages to openly discuss personal and political consent sexual safety, and anatomy. I love this word compels. It's not impels, which would be to, you know, push along. It's not uh, persuades or encourages. No, it's compels. They're going to force these kids and people of all ages to openly discuss personal and political consent, sexual safety, and anatomy. Okay, so what are some of the workshops we've got? Oh, I just downloaded it from the Sexy Sex Ed website. We've got... Um, Okay, the very first workshop, this is on July 6th, it's a Tuesday, mark your calendar, is Sex With Me, a self-pleasure workshop. Participants will explore personal views on self-pleasure, 
as well as learn techniques yeah. to make the most out of their, yeah, I'm not, I'm going to, this is a family show. Some kids listen to this. I'm going to clean up some of the language here uh, to make the most out of uh, what Woody Allen called sex with someone you love. This workshop will include discussion, games, and some hands-on practice. Now they, they add here at the end on hands. So maybe that's just like a joke and a pun and you, you just, you do some creepy stuff to your own hand. I don't know. I don't want to know. Uh, gender diversity, that one's on Tuesday, that's the following week, Tuesday the 13th. So your child can learn about how if he wants to chop off his genitals and mutilate his body, he can pretend to be another type of sex. Uh, let's talk about sex, sexy trans, sex, uh, there's that. Self-managed abortion, that's good. That's, that's what nine-year-olds and 10-year-olds should learn about, right? Uh, then there's sex on drugs. You got to learn about sex on drugs. I don't know if that's, are they discouraging? I assume they're encouraging that. Uh, and then there's a closing ceremony. There's lots of other creepy stuff in there too, but you get the picture. And so you're reading that, you think, gosh, that's, that kind of goes beyond just science. You know, that seems not just like you're presenting relevant, responsible scientific information to your child. That seems to be ideological. That seems to have a political, cultural, even spiritual dimension to it right? Because you're, you're discussing moral issues here. And then <laughs> the real cherry on top of this Sunday is you look into who runs this sexy summer camp, totally just responsible scientific information for people of all ages. And the person who runs it is a self-described witch. Yes, we have uh, Taney. Taney is a, a femme, femme fat queer, magical pleasure worker, educator, and artist. She was raised in rural Kentucky by a host of witchy women alongside sisters and cousins. Uh, A coven-like mountain matriarchy, if you will. Her craft tools are candles, crystals, oils, plants, music, sex toys, tarot cards, the moon, and the instincts of a triple water sign. She started the Appalachian Sex Ed Collective called Sexy Sex Ed with Over a decade of rural organizing practice toward healing, abolition, and liberation, she fantasizes about a whole other world. Tanya lives high on a Kentucky mountaintop with lots of plants, a steamy hot tub, and several furry familiars. For those who are not familiar with this term familiars, that's like the cat that witches will use to carry out their schemes. That's that's actually what that word means, and that's what she's referring to. You can join her coven over at Patreon. Capitalism always wins in the end, right? Even for the witches. Hey, donate to my Patreon. Hey, go over to my GoFundMe. So this is how Tanya Taney describes her camp. Down with yourself, explore your own body. Masturbation is really healthy, and I recommend it to people of all ages. All ages. As soon as my nephews could talk, they were doing that. That's what they were doing. Kids touch themselves kids start to ask questions and we teach them the language for their bodies, right? That's your nose, touch your nose, show Aunt T, you can touch your nose. But my sister's not saying that when they're tugging at their penis, right? But it feels good, right? We have to learn ways to talk to young people about this so that they know how to explore their body consensually so that it's not in public, right? (laughs) We don't want people exploring their bodies in public. That's not consensual. But exploring your body at any age grandmas, grandpas, all of us need to be exploring. 
We need to be exploring all of, all of our bodies, whether you're a three-year-old, and well, don't worry, we'll teach you how to do it. Three-year-old, just like my nephews, three-year-old, maybe some grandparents too. That's what we've got to do. I'm a witchy woman. I'm literally telling you I'm a witch right now. I do witchcraft. I'm a part of the witch religion. And uh, so send your kids to me for summer camp. And what do, what do the liberals do? They kind of laugh about this. They say, oh, ha, ha, ha. Oh, she's a witchy woman. You're like, you're like Hillary. You're a, na- you're a nasty woman. Well-behaved women seldom make history. Uh, one time I was interviewing uh, Greg Jarrett, the Fox News journalist, about a new book that he was doing. And it was, a, it was called Witch Hunt. I think that was the title of the book. That was at least the theme of the book, that Donald Trump was subject to a witch hunt. And he, he made this point on the air. He said, the thing about witch hunts, Michael, is that there's no such thing as witches. And I just, I let him go on and pitch the book and he's a nice guy and he's a good journalist. Uh, but that point really stuck with me because he's wrong. He's totally wrong. This might be one of my less popular views, but it, it happens to be correct. Witches are totally real. They're obviously real. Every culture throughout all of history has believed in witches. There are people right now who call themselves witches. One of the fastest growing cults in America is the Wicca cult. What is Wicca? Wicca is just witchcraft by its own definition. That's what it is. This woman, when people tell you who they are, believe them. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that they fly around on broomsticks? Probably not. Not, I'm not going to say it's a 0% chance, but it probably they don't have green skin and pointy hats and fly around on broomsticks, but they do lots of weird occult rituals. And there is more in heaven and earth, Horatio, than is dreamt of in our philosophy. It, this workshop is the perfect example of this, of, of what we talk about, frankly, a lot on this show. The way that sex ed is presented or is sold to the public when people want to put it in schools and other community groups, is they say, look, this is just science. It's just science. It's just, this is how the body works. And there's no moral aspect or spiritual aspect or anything like that. Then how come it's always the witches doing it? You know, how come it's all, when you look into vice, when you look into lots of nasty things in our culture, whether it's this creep trying to groom children or whether it's porn or whether it's drug culture or whether it's all the kind of seedy underbelly of society. You'll notice that it's got a lot of symbolism to it. There's always a kind of devilish symbolism to it. You see it throughout all of these things. You'll notice that people who are really into this stuff, they embrace kind of weird symbolism. They embrace weird identities. They call themselves witches. Why is that? Is that just like a funny, weird, eccentric quirk? Or is there maybe a connection here? Is there maybe a connection between the metaphysical world and the physical world? Is it maybe the case that all politics is not merely cultural, but actually at bottom theological and all human conflict maybe is theological? One thing I know at the political level is that stuff is not going to play in Peoria, okay? And what we should do is play those commercials again and again and again and say, this is what these creeps want to do to your kids. That's what won Glenn Youngkin the race in Virginia to become governor of Virginia. He said, they want to brainwash your kids into this crazy stuff. Dr. Oz just came out. Dr. Oz is the TV show host who's running for Senate in Pennsylvania. He says he will be a bold voice in the Senate and a proud champion for the pro-life movement. He'll never share, shy away from sharing his pro-life beliefs, even as pro-abortion advocates in medicine, the media, and big tech try to silence me. 
oh good, I'm glad we've got a pro-life candidate there. Except just a few months ago, Dr. Oz was, was talking about how crazy the pro-lifers are and how he's so worried that abortion is going to be made illegal. Now, what are your thoughts on Alabama this and these anti-abortion laws that they're passing in Alabama? Well, that they've passed. Is that healthy? I'm, I'm really worried about it. I, I tell you, I, I've taken care of a lot of women mm-hmm. who've had uh, issues around childbirth. The problem with the law as it stands now, and I think, the, I think the law was really only passed to generate a Supreme Court challenge, but most women don't know they're pregnant. And it's, only, it's two weeks past your last period mm-hmm. when, you'll, when you have to decide by. Well, yeah. I, and I have people That's on the show all the time who never know they were pregnant, even when they were delivering. 50% of women don't know they're pregnant when they're pregnant. Jesus. So you're asking women to decide almost instantaneously if they're pregnant or not. And they, it's also banned in case of incest and rape. And so uh, I don't quite get it as a doctor. And the other thing is this whole thing about heart beating. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are electrical changes at six weeks, but the heart's not beating. Mm-hmm. If, you, if, you were, if you were to say, starting from when we can hear the heart, like mm-hmm. when the heart's really doing something, that would be different. Mm-hmm. That's not six weeks though. Right. So if you can define life by a beating heart, then make it a beating heart. Not little electrical sh- changes in a, in a cell that's not a, that no one would hear would think about as a heart. Just it's just crazy, you know these these heartbeat laws. It's not even a heart. That baby, he's not even really a baby. I'm really concerned. I'm really nervous about these pro-life laws. Oh, I thought you were a tireless a- advocate of pro-life causes. I thought you were a, a, ta- a tireless advocate of the unborn who, who's being silenced by the media. No, you're a, an abortion supporter who has now changed your views because you want to win this Senate seat. So, okay, look, maybe he just was uneducated on the issue. Now he's better educated. I don't know. I don't really care. I don't care about Dr. Oz. I, I do care about the Senate seat. But what I really care about is Dr. Oz is flipping here because the social issues are winners for conservatives. Don't back away from them, folks. Lean into them. Right now, all the Democrats have is blaming Putin for everything. That's all they've got. The, their own failed policies, the best they can do is say, well, you know, Putin... It's, Put- it's Putin's fault. Go blame, go blame Russia. No, it's your fault. You, you guys have done this on the economy, on foreign policy, and on the absolute ruination of society. Run on those cultural issues and conservatives will win. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Clavin Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. And hair and makeup by Cherokee Hart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022. Today on the Matt Walsh Show, what is a sexy summer camp for children? You probably don't want to know, but you're going to find out today because this is the sort of thing happening in our country. Also, with gas prices rising, the left has decided that actually high gas prices aren't so bad. Even, in fact, Americans like paying higher gas prices. We'll talk about that. And the Senate unanimously passes the anti-lynching law. Every Republican signed on to this pointless bit of virtue signaling. The Biden administration commits billions to spreading gender equity across the globe. And the guy who runs CPAC comes out in support of Leah Thomas. All that and more today on The Matt Walsh Show.